Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit Bet Online today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years. I want to hear cannons. Three-step drop, goes on the end zone. Hot ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Here they go again, Tim Bobo dropping the throw, Winston out of got those to the left, it's intercepted into the 35, outside the numbers to the 40, to the 35, to the 30, to the 25, to the 20, to the 15, 10, Mike Edwards, touchdown Tampa Bay, that's the dagger my friend. This is the Big Nasty, yeah Big Nasty, Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan baby. This is Mike Allstock, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother, you ain't listening and you're missing out. Woo! And there are the cannons cannons. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Live on YouTube today. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, from BucksNation.com, Mr. Evan Wanish. Joining us as well, good friend of the show. Also from BucksNation.com, Mr. James Hill joins the program. We are live today as we preview the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wrapping up week 13 of NFL action on Monday Night Football in Raymond James Stadium. Some NFC South football, clearly the best division in football this year, ready to go at it, two of the top teams representing and uh, the Buccaneers going to try and hold on to that coveted division lead because as of right now, with a 5-6 and six record, seems like even though the NFC South is in shambles, uh, the Bucs are going to have to win this division if they have any hope of making a playoff run here in 2022. Welcome back to the show, though. Evan, James, how are we feeling? Got a lot to talk about today. Hello. Um, and another note, we are doing this obviously on Sunday. So we have the results of the 1 p.m. games and the Falcons lost to the Steelers. So that means no matter what happens uh, tomorrow night, whether the Bucks win, lose or draw, they will still be in the lead uh, of the NFC South. Uh, it's like you said, just a juggernaut of a division uh, yeah. this year. Um, but yeah, they will still be in the lead. They could be five and seven and still in first place at the NFC South. So kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, here we are. And um, uh, you know, it's, it's despite that, despite that not really mattering, right? You're still going to be in first place no matter what. This still feels like almost a must win uh, because if if they lose this game, you basically have to be perfect the rest of the way, I think. And if you lose this game, I think you could be looking on the outside in uh, when it comes to playoff time. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, I agree with that 100%. I mean, if, if you lose this game, I mean, my gosh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's just going to continue to just get more and more frustrating. And of all the teams to where you have a must-win type of situation, it has to be the Saints. So uh, this should be a very interesting game. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Greatly appreciated. And, uh, yeah, 
really, uh, really happy to be talking about all the uh, topics we're going to be covering today, for sure. Yeah, not only is the magnitude of the rivalry between these two teams obviously something to pay attention to, every year we talk about playing the Saints. You know, all week long, everybody has this feeling in the pit of their stomach about playing New Orleans. Not only is it a division matchup, but it is a team that, aside from week two, has gotten the better of Tampa Bay more often than not. And here the Bucks are at five and six. Listen, you lose this game. You go to five and seven, and yeah, win, lose, or draw, you still have a first-place spot in the NFC South. But after 23 years, a five-and-six football team with Tom Brady as their quarterback is just unheard of. And uh, obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers doing a really good job this season of making sure that Brady gets the full Buccaneer experience. But let's talk about this team, and let's kind of gloss over the injury report as we break down this game. So... The Bucs are coming into this. I, I mean, the thing that's going to jump out to people the most is the secondary. And when you look back at week two against the Saints, when the Bucs were able to put them away for the first time in God knows how long, it was a lot of big plays from the secondary. Mike Edwards, obviously, with the pick six. Multiple turnovers from Jameis Winston. Well, two things. One, Jameis Winston isn't going to be playing, assuming Andy Dalton gets the start here in this one. And uh, all of the guys who made big plays for the Bucs in week two, are not going to be available. They haven't been ruled out just yet, but a lot of guys in that secondary looking doubtful for Monday night. What are we looking at, Evan? Yeah, so the only one that's out right now is obviously Tristan Wars, which we knew that. Um, that's no no shocker there, but Antoine Winfield, who left the game versus Cleveland, is doubtful. So while there is a very outside chance he could play, doubtful means you're most likely going to be out. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, I believe, is also doubtful. And I believe Mike Edwards, who had what one interception, including a pick six uh, against James Winston, really, I think, sealed it, right? Put like an exclamation point on it in, in week two. Um, he is also... Um, you know, doubtful. So Jamel Dean had two picks uh, against the Saints last time and might need two picks again, but you're going to need somebody in the secondary here to, to step up. And guy like Carlton Davis even is a little banged up, even though it sounds like he's going to play. You know, he was banged up a little bit during that Cleveland game. So even Jamel Dean went down a little bit. So, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a beat up secondary right now. The Saints are a beat up football team as well. And, and I think that, um, this is going to be a different matchup. I, I think you're looking at it, and uh, the Bucks' offense wasn't very good uh, against New Orleans in Week Two. Like yeah, it really wasn't. Um, and then the defense, the offense woke up a little bit after you know the whole Mike Evans, Marshawn Lattimore thing, and then the defense really started with the turnovers, and that really helped. So I think this offense is really going to have to pick up the defense. The, the defense picked up the offense last time these two teams played. I think now it's going to have to be the offense's turn. Unfortunately, the offense has been like the Achilles heel for this team uh, really all season. Um, the defense has had to pick them up numerous times, and it doesn't, every time the offense has a shot to pick up the defense, they just they seem to fail. So we'll see if they can get it corrected on Monday. Yeah. yeah and, and, Go ahead. Oh, sorry, and I think one thing that is going to be interesting to pay attention to as well as like the depth of the safety position, you know, it, Evan just said, you know, Mike Edwards and Antoine Winfield Jr. probably going to be out for this game. So you have Keanu O'Neill. I think you can elevate Nolan Turner. Is that correct? Is he yeah. still on the practice squad? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I believe he's either on the practice squad or but he'll, he'll be up most likely. So, um, yeah, you're seeing him. You're going to see a lot of Keanu O'Neill, obviously, in this one. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're 
secondary is going to be tested. The the depth is certainly going to be tested. You'll probably maybe see a little bit a guy like Dia Laney, maybe. Uh, you know, you might see some guys like that and some have to give you some different looks, I think. And um, they're going to have to get a little creative with it. Yeah, 100%. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, even with the injuries, I think this is this is probably the most banged up the Bucks defense has entered a game this year. This year, I, I would say so. Um, the defense has stayed relatively healthy, I would say. But um, yeah, the, the secondary the secondary is uh, pretty rough. They they did go in, I believe it was the Carolina game with, that they uh, didn't they didn't have Carlton Davis, they didn't have Antoine Winfield, um, and I think they were down somebody else. Uh, I don't. I forget who it was, but uh, but other than that, yeah, this is the most banged up the defense has been. Uh, really, they've been pretty healthy the entire year, uh, and especially the secondary. Who secondary last year was really banged up for a lot of it, and they were able to, to get healthy and stay healthy this year until this point. But um, one thing before we get really into it. Uh, I just I have to note this because I think it's important. Uh, yeah, the Bucks offense I think would be making huge strides uh, if they would just score a touchdown against yeah. the, the last the last time the Bucks scored a touchdown against New Orleans in Raymond James Stadium was November seventeenth of two thousand nineteen. That was the last they haven't scored a touchdown against New Orleans in Raymond James Stadium in. Over three over, years. Over three years. It's yep. been over three years since they scored a touchdown. They scored three points in 2020, and they scored zero points in 2021. So, and now, congratulations, we're doing another red out. So, yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense. Let's um let's talk about this offense so far this season. I know you had alluded to it earlier. You said the defense has had to pick them up so far this year. And coming into this game, obviously, with some guys in the secondary, you're missing a lot of starters back there. It's going to be tough, and you're going to need your offense to be in a position to step up and and to be quite frank, I don't mean to make this doom and gloom, but that's a pretty tough ask uh, for this Buccaneers offense. If there's one thing they haven't been able to do this year, just like you said, I mean, I know they haven't scored a touchdown against New Orleans and Raymond James in three years, but it feels like they haven't scored a touchdown in general in Raymond James since last season. I, I mean, seriously, well, to, to you know, be, to be fair, it has been a little bit since they played in Raymond James State Stadium um, since the other Rams game. So, yeah, been a little but, bit. <laughs> I mean, with only three home games left, this is obviously going to be a big one as well. Um, they 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 got to find a way to make it work. And I just I don't. Oh, I just don't get a good feeling. Um, I, I don't get a good feeling about this offense coming into this week. You know, Mike Evans, Marshawn Lattimore. That was obviously something to talk about after week two's game with Mike getting ejected. So that's still going to be there. Marshawn Lattimore is going to be playing the best of his ability to cover Mike Evans, who has obviously not been himself, has been playing through injury. Let's not forget the shot that he took to the ribs a couple of weeks ago and decided to come back and stay in the game. Just, just uh, you, you know, here, here's the thing, though. You're playing. You're playing, though. So, so but, and he you're, is, you're healthy and he enough. Is, and he has been in positions to make plays regardless right. of the injury. So I do agree he does have to step up, but I don't know if this is the week that he does it. Like, I just, I, oh, I don't feel matchup. like, yeah, I don't feel like Dennis Allen and New Orleans, even though their record is what it is, everybody knows it. This is their Super Bowl. This is, <laughs> this is the, the two games a year that New Orleans plays their best possible football and uh, Dennis Allen is going to have those guys ready to go because they've already been slighted once against Tampa Bay. And you better believe they're not going to get swept this year, you know, going down without a fight. I mean, especially swept by the uh, the five and six Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, it, it, I just 
basically what I'm trying to say is I don't get a lot of great feelings about this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the Saints are, you know, Bucks are five and six. Saints are four and eight. Like, you know, if the Saints win, they go to five and eight. Bucks go to five and seven. They're basically the same team. Like, you know, uh, the Saints have been disappointing this year. Obviously, the Bucks have too. And, um, you know, I obviously we don't cover the Saints, so I'm not following them, you know, every single week. I don't know the exact issues. I know health has been a real problem. Their offense has struggled. Their defense hasn't been quite the same, even though it's been good at times. Um, but the fact is, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, you, New Orleans is terrible. You can't lose to them. Look, everybody knows what this matchup is for the Bucks. I don't care. Like, if the Bucks were 1-10, and the Saints were, you know, 0-11. Like, I don't care. Um, everybody knows what this matchup is. Uh, if the if the Bucks were, you know, sitting atop of the division at, you know, I don't know, 8-3 or, or something, you know, and, and New Orleans was down here, it was going to be a close game. It's just that's how these two teams play each other. Uh, that's how New Orleans plays Tampa, I should say. Like you said, um, it either seems like it's a really close game and then it's a coin flip or New Orleans just dominates. And um, luckily, you know, the Bucks were able to flip the, the script on them in New Orleans. Or also, I mean, we could be talking about a completely different season. Yeah. If the Bucks dropped that game, you know, Bucks are only sitting here. They're sitting here at four, four and seven, seven right now. You know, I mean, that's a completely different feeling. Um, so, you know, it's people are going to say, oh, the Saints are terrible. Look, I don't care about that. Like, you, you can throw out the records. Like, if the Bucks lose this game, it's not going to be a surprise. Um, but it's also not going to be a surprise if they win this game. Because, yes, New Orleans has struggled. And the Bucks have to start becoming a desperate team. They, they have to start becoming a desperate team because despite the Falcons losing, despite the NFC South being brutal, like brutally bad, they don't, you don't want to walk it like walk into the playoffs like that. Like, you yeah. want to go into the playoffs with some momentum. And I think they need to start building, building it. And it needs to start happening this week, especially when you have weeks 14 and 15 against San Francisco and then Cincinnati. Like, hey, San Francisco, by the way, just lost Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, he was carted so off we'll, in that we'll game. Have look, we'll have to look at that. But, um, you know, that's still, I mean, despite the quarterback, that's a tough traveling across the country, yeah. you know, you tough got two defense. tough games. You got two tough games here. So this is an important one. I think this is a very important one. And how sweet would it be, though, after New Orleans swept you two years in a row to be able to sweep them back? That would be pretty sweet, but we'll see if they can get done. I think for a lot of people, the Bucks sweeping New Orleans this year would be uh, just the perfect – crescendo i guess to to what has been uh just it would, a hilarious it would, be, a, it would be a bright it would be a bright right. spot you, you want to yeah, talk about silver be. lining you know the one year that you swept the saints you had to give up everything else just it's, to do it. it it's the one year they sweep the saints and then beat the rams but right. they can't beat yeah. anybody else it's the exactly. it's the thanos meme did you do it yes yeah what did it cost you everything, everything. <laughs> so uh so let me ask you this james um you know, we talk about the possibility of the Buccaneers losing this game, falling to five and seven on the season. And regardless of still having a lead in the NFC South, this game to a lot of people not only feels like a must win, uh, but it feels like the Bucks' last chance. You know what I mean? Like Evan had said, it, it, you go to five and seven, you got to play some pretty damn good football down the stretch against some tough teams. And I just don't know if a five and seven Bucks team would be able to play that well down the stretch. I, I don't have that much faith that if they lose tomorrow night, they're really going to go run the table here and wrap this thing up. So is this week, this Monday night game against New Orleans, I mean, it's a must win, obviously, but is this their last chance of the season to really change some people's minds and and hopefully <clears throat> ignite something on this team? Um, 
in in some ways yes and in other ways no like i i envision this team to probably finish like nine and eight at this point or, or eight and nine and honest to god like that that might be good enough to win the nfc south so like whenever you're saying like is this their last chance in terms of like oh if they lose this game they're just for sure not going to make the playoffs i mean i don't know what i i don't know if i would say that but like is this their last chance to like what you said um i guess prove to people that they can still be a very competitive team uh, yeah i would say that that's a, a probable thing and to be honest like i don't know how they're gonna show up i mean me and Evan talk about this all the time, like prove it, you know, like in, until you show us evidence, otherwise we're going to think this. So the, for example, we've been talking about the Bucks offense. So until the Bucks offense proves that they can be a competitive, good offense that is able to complement the rest of this team, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to happen, you know, or at least you can assume it's not going to happen. So that's kind of where I'm at with that, where in terms of like last chance stuff, in terms of like playoff chances, no. In terms of like maybe proving that this offense can be good and competitive, I mean, yeah, maybe the last chance before a lot of people just say, all right, yeah, just pack up this offense, man. This offense ain't it, Chief. So I don't know. It depends on where you're looking at regarding that question. I mean, you say they go nine and eight. Going nine and eight would require you to go four and two down the stretch. You lose this game, right. you ain't going four and two down the stretch, right? You, know, you you lose this game, then you got to go four and one in the, your last five games. I don't think that would be happening, you know. So, uh, luckily though, I mean, again, if you're just looking at it from the bright side, I do think eight and nine, maybe even seven and ten, would be enough to to make the playoffs, uh, win the South, and make the playoffs. S- six and eleven, probably not. Like if you only win, if you only win one more game. You're probably missing out because I just somebody's gonna step up and like either New Orleans or Atlanta. Like Atlanta, I think has one of the easiest remaining schedules. Like they're gonna win one of the games, and that's that's what would happen there. But um, you know, I, I think if you're just looking at it from a um, you know, from a bright side standpoint, I don't know if nine and eight's, you know, very realistic, especially if they lose tomorrow. I think it has to, if you want any shot at a record, like nine and eight, you got to win tomorrow. But, um, you know, I, I think even eight or seven wins might win you this division, which is crazy to think about. Let's talk about Todd Bowles really quick. We are, uh, finally a week removed from that timeout fiasco at the end of at the end of regulation against Cleveland. Um, you know, obviously Todd Bowles didn't say anything over the week. That's going to give people that much more faith than they had after the overtime loss last Sunday. But let me ask you this loaded question here. Are the Bucks are at five and six, still a realistic shot to win the NFC South. And there's a lot of hypotheticals you can have with this, but uh, one is Todd Bowles on the hot seat. And two, does he deserve to be there? Because you are five and six. You do have Tom Brady. And this is, you know, I'd say 90% of the team that won 13 games last year and 11 games in a Super Bowl the year before. I know it's not fair to compare uh, compare year to year, but safe to say expectations have not been met. Now, would it be unfair to Todd Bowles if he is one and done after this season, even if the Bucs are eight and nine, win the NFC South, and they're a first-round playoff exit, does he get canned? I'm going to, I'm going to, so this is, I wrote an article about this on bucksnation.com 
uh, just asking that question, that that very question is Todd Bowles on the hot seat. Does he deserve to be on the hot seat? Um, and you can go read that on BucksNation.com right now. It's up there. Um, but, you know, in in shorter words, I said yes. Uh, but also, you know, you say 90 percent to be fair to Bowles. I don't think it's 90 percent. They're going to go into that game tomorrow. Donovan Smith is the only offensive lineman that's going to start in that game that started for the Bucks last year. Um, you know, Rashad White, likely starting running back, wasn't on the team last year. Uh, Russell Gage might be back, wasn't on the team last year. So, you know, there's there's a lot of turnover, I think. A lot more turnover than people think. Um, but at the same time, the Ross are still too talented to be five and six. Like, despite that turnover, despite Ali Marpet retiring and Alex Kappa going and the Ryan Jensen injury and Rob Gronkowski not returning and this and that, there's too much talent. And I think that's, that's the issue. Um, so I do think that, you know, that's not saying that is not, and I make that clear in the article as well. That's not saying that needs to be fired. That that's not saying that. However, there does need to be some heat on them there. I don't think he should be completely safe um, because they're just, they're, they're, they're too good to be where they are at this point in the season. Yeah, you know what? I, I agree with that 100%. I think that whenever you you both brought up good points in the case of what you were saying, Evan, of course, uh, the article at BucksNation.com, um, yeah, it's just inexcusable, you know, at this point. And, and Rhett, to your point as well, you have Tom Brady, a quarterback. You have so much talent on this team, not just offensively, uh, but also defensively. And, and this isn't a busted up 45-year-old Tom Brady like a lot of people were hoping it would be this time of year. This is Tom Brady who very clearly is still capable of making plays to at least score some goddamn touchdowns. Like, you don't even have to lead the NFL in touchdowns or passing yards. Just score a fucking touchdown. And this offense is unable to do that in any way, shape, or form. Hell, they needed three points to put away Cleveland last week, and they couldn't even do that. Yeah, and I think whenever you combine situations like that, just the ineffectiveness on offense. I know Todd Bowles has said he has talked to Byron Leftwich, you know, throughout the season and whatnot. If I'm going to be completely honest, and I mean, I've been talking about I, a lot of people have been talking about this for weeks, like, um, you know, Byron Leftwich, I feel like that situation should have been like heavily looked at in terms of, hey, do we actually need to move on from this guy? Because I would say some of the blame is on Byron Leftwich to a certain degree as well kind of on Todd Bowles in terms of in some way, shape or form. And I know execution is a thing as well, but accountability on that coaching staff needs to be a thing. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. But I would also say, you know, game time decisions, you know, that Cleveland game, Evan said it in his article, inexcusable. (laughs) You know, it's inexcusable. Uh, It basically in big part lost them that game. And you're in what was worse was the explanation. Oh, he didn't want to throw an interception. And we everybody's talked about it, laughed about it to, to death. But like Tom Brady's your quarterback and you're worried about throwing an interception. Not only is Tom what? Brady your quarterback, but the same Tom Brady who, let's be honest, threw a fair amount of picks his first two years in Tampa. I mean, nothing, you know, extraordinary like we have seen in the past and nothing that was downright criminal. But he had a couple of picks. He has two this year. Two interceptions in 400-something pass attempts. Like, the, the, the math just isn't mathing, my friend. And uh, I hate to cut you off here, but I'm probably going to go on a rant about accountability in this coaching staff because this is where I have lost faith in Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich. Uh, I mean, obviously, 
you know, not every coach is going to be great at talking to the media. Todd Bowles is obviously not one of those coaches. Um, you know, but you had mentioned accountability. And it, we talk about holding people accountable for what the Bucks look like in 2022. And there is just, there's absolutely none of that. And a, a point, basically a line that was drawn in the sand for me uh, was when they were asking Byron Leftwich about some of the things that had gone wrong and maybe the timeout management. And he delegated his responsibilities to someone else. Like they, they asked him what happened there. And he's like, oh, that's, that's a Todd Bowles question. That's a head coach question. What the fuck are you doing? Like, I, I just, I, I don't know why I get so frustrated about this, but again, it's just, it's, it's like, it's every single week. It's more of the same with this team. Like, yeah, they have won some games and those games have been fun when they're winning, but none of them have been decisive. The Bucks haven't blown anyone out this year. And it's almost like this coaching staff is just perfectly fine with everything that's happening. And, and, you know, Bruce Arians got worked up on the podium. He would get worked up in interviews. Like, he would cuss somebody out at halftime if he had to. And obviously, Todd Bowles is not that kind of coach. And to be a successful coach in the NFL, you don't have to be the guy who's always screaming and shouting and waving your arms around. But, like, I just don't feel like they act like they give a shit. Like, I just, maybe that's the impression I get. I don't know if I feel alone in this, in this, uh, in this, you know, in this opinion, this hill that I'm willing to die on. But, I just I, I I just don't feel like there's any way this coaching staff is really going to rally and figure this thing out at any point in the season. I just do not have the faith that they are going to lead this group of players well enough to do that. Like, am I alone in feeling that way? Do you guys kind of get what I'm saying? Am I really off base here? Like, what what am I missing? Well, I, I understand what you're saying. Then I'll toss it to Evan. But I did I did want to add something, you know, Evan, to your point, there's been a lot of turnover, right? A lot. Uh, but there's still a lot of talent, again, to what you had said. I agree that, uh, you know, does Todd Bowles need to be fired? And I'm not saying that, but I do agree with with where you're saying, Evan, where you say that seat's got to be hot. Because what you think about is, man, there's going to be a lot more turnover after this season. Mm-hmm. So if you're right now in a position where you're five and six, as of the recording of this, with Tom Brady as your quarterback, he might not be here next year with all these other players that you have who all of them might not be here next year um, or in the next couple of years. I mean, you got Levante David's a free agent. Jamel Dean's a free agent. You know, like, I mean, Sean King brings it up all the time. Mike Evans, they're getting older. Like you're getting another year older. Like, right. So, so if you're five and six with this team right now, you're struggling with this much talent. How are you supposed to sell on the idea of, no, no, it's okay. We're going to get better. How? With different personnel? You've already got good personnel. And if those guys leave, how can you sell that this is supposed to get better in future seasons? That's kind of my question with that. So that's something I was just wanted to bring up. And and it's an interesting conversation to have. So I agree that, you know, and Evan, I'll toss it to you, you know, with, with Bulls. Does he deserve to be fired, you know, at the end of the year? We'll see how the season ends, you know. If they don't make the playoffs, well, that's a whole different conversation. Um, but should the seat be hot? I would say yeah. So Evan, at least be think? warm. You know, yeah. Sure, at least, you know, at least be warm. Yeah, warm. Uh, so in the previous two years, when Tom Brady came to town, we're talking about the Tom Brady era here. Um, the Bucks were 24-9. and nine. That was their record in the regular season. Nine losses with six games to go. They already have six. 
when in Todd Bowles' first year as the Bucks head coach. In Todd Bowles' first year, then this is why I want to bring this up because you talk about, you know, the, the roster that's here. Like, it may not get better next year. Like, the roster may not be better next year. Todd Bowles' first season with the Jets, he went 10 and 6. Okay. He was with the Jets for a little bit longer, and then he went 13 and 34 after that first season with the Jets. Now, some of those Jets teams were not very good, but that might be the case that the Bucs are in possibly as soon as next year. Will they have talent? Yeah. But, like, you know, if Tom Brady leaves and let's say they don't go out and, and get a, uh, you know, a stud at quarterback, let's say they, let's say they want to roll with Kyle Trask. You know, you're rolling with an inexperienced quarterback. Uh, who's to say, like, if you're five and six with Tom Brady, what are you going to be with Kyle Trask next year? Um, you know, how many times has Brady sort of bailed you out right now? Right. Um, and, and I think that that's a big issue and that's what has me concerned. Not so much even about this season individually, but like long-term feels like it almost be a waste of time. Like it, it just feels like this. I, and I think most Bucks fans would agree. That's why the, that's why, Todd, Bruce Arians left the, this to Todd Bowles. Bruce Arians wanted Todd Bowles to have a shot to be successful, right? Not not thrown to the wolves right away in a situation where he might only win five, six, seven games. And if this is the best it's going to get, then how bad is it going to get? If, if that's the best, so feels like to me that's why his seat should be warm. Um, but again, we're not sitting here saying Todd Bowles should be fired. That day may come in a few weeks, maybe even that may day, that day may never come. We, we don't know. Right. Um, but I, I do think it's a discussion that has to be had just because again, I come back to, there's too much talent on this team right now. It's just, there's too much. Are they banged up right now? Yeah. Are they as talented as they were last year? Probably not. Right. Like for all of his faults, Antonio Brown is better than Russell Gage. Like and he, he is right. Ali Marpet is, was one of the best left guards in football. Ryan Jensen, one of the best centers in football, Alex Kappa, a very good right guard. Shaq Mason's very similar, but Alex Kappa was a good right guard. Uh, you know, and they had better coaching. Like, yeah, they're not as talented of a team. However, they are far too talented with Tom Brady as your quarterback to be five and six. And when Brady is your quarterback, there's a certain expectation. If this was Blaine Gabbert right now, I think if every, most Bucks fans would be okay. Honestly, if, if you're if you're leading, if leading the leading, yeah. leading yeah. the NFC yeah. South, they'd be like, okay, like yeah, why not? You know, like they would be fine with that. But it's not. So, like, if Blaine Gabbert or Kyle Trask was starting right now, what the Bucks have three wins, maybe like you know two wins, like at most, maybe you know at most three, I would say, like you know. So that's my concern that if this is if this is the best it's going to get, and it may not. We may all be wrong, right? They may turn around next year. There may be some differences, right? Um, next year they may be you know pretty competitive, but. If this is the best it's going to get, if this, if this is the best this roster is going to get, then how bad are the next two, three years going to be? Is it just going to be a bunch of wasted time? So I think the Glazers should be considering, um, you know, being proactive instead of reactive. Yeah, no, I, I think you guys both hit the nail right on the head about it as far as, you know, the concern many people have about Todd Bowles, because if this is the most talented team he's ever going to have and we're sitting here in five and six, like, 
it's just it doesn't feel like it's going to get any better. And another thing that factors into this is like the championship window talk. And I think that this can factor into the conversation of, you know, why it may possibly be easier to fire him after this season, even if you win the NFC South, because if you're going to have a lot of turnover with well, this team, here, real quick, if they win, yeah. if they win the South, it's not going anywhere. I like, hate to say it like it, not, you, you usually happening. don't fire a guy who just hung a banner. But if you're eight yeah. and nine, with a first round exit and Tom Brady just skipped town to go play for San Francisco. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things. I feel like, you know, you can finally move on from the Tom Brady era officially and have even more of a fresh start than you would have had given Todd Bowles a chance with a rookie quarterback or Kyle Trask or, uh, you know, my pick for the job, uh, Gardner Minshew. I I don't know. You know, how many games is a Todd Bowles going to win with a Gardner Minshew, with a Kyle Trask, with a Blaine Gabbert, with whoever the hell the Bucks may have post Tom Brady? Or he comes back for year 24 in Tampa Bay and they keep the staff together. Okay, so let me ask you another hypothetical. We're spending a lot of time doing this here. So Tom Brady decides to come back. Todd Bowles decides to come back. Do they move on from Byron Leftwich? Well, yeah, I, I think that's more realistic. Um, Eve, that's that's one where I think you could talk about even if they make the playoffs. Right. That's one. If if they make the playoffs, I Todd Bowles is not going anywhere. But if they make the playoffs, let's say they go in at eight and nine and they lose in the first round, they, they you know they lose like twenty four to thirteen or whatever in the third in the first round. Then you can maybe talk about something like that. I can see that. Um, However, you know, the Brady thing, and we're going to get a lot of questions about this because it's towards the end of the year now. Um, and I even note, noted this uh, in a, a Q&A thing I did with, because I want to bring it back to the Saints game a little bit here, uh, a Q&A with a Saints um, SB Nation site and talked and talking about Brady and, and stuff. And uh, I don't know if Brady's going to come back to football. Uh, you know, he already retired once. He's got a lot of things going on. He's got that Fox deal waiting for him. Uh, but I also don't, I don't think he knows what's, what he's going to do right now. So if I had to bet, I am going to say that he's likely going to retire. Um, I don't believe he'll be anywhere next year. Um, so that leaves you in the same boat, right? Whether, you know, I think there's three outcomes of Brady, two of them involve not being on your football team. Like one of them involves him on another team or him retiring. So I think you have to prepare for that and we'll see. Um, but the, the, the point of the story is that we are not advocating for the firing of Tobles. Again, that day may come. However, there is, there needs to be some sort of consequences, regardless of how the season ends, there has to be some sort of consequences because you built a standard now. Right. You build a standard. And I think if you continue to allow this to happen, that standard starts to go back down. This starts to creep back down. And I think you can't let that happen. Football is so much about culture and about building a winning atmosphere. And I think you allowing this to happen with no consequences would really hurt the culture of the team. And and that's where that's where I get as angry as I do with with Todd Bowles and, and Byron Leftwich. I guess just everyone on this coaching staff and this Bucks team this year is that it feels like week after week they have grown complacent with allowing stuff like this to happen. And you can go up on the podium and you can say, yeah, we got to play better. We got to do this better. We got to do that better. But I mean, everyone who's ever come to Tampa Bay and fucking lost has done that. You know, everyone has gone up on that podium and said, we got to play better. We've heard it before. It's the same old stuff. It's just 
it's because the expectations were so high. And I know that that's not entirely fair on Bowles. We talked about the turnover. Ryan Jensen, how is it not entirely fair, though? Uh, how, is it, how is it not entirely fair? The expectation should be high when Tom Brady's your quarterback. No, you're right. You know, I, and, right. me and you both, me and you both predicted them to lose more games this year than they did last year. So we predicted a bit of a drop off. Yeah, no, you're right. You're we, right. We you're right. But but we still predicted double digit wins. And, you know, and we we at this point with the records of all the other teams, in the NFC South, this division should be wrapped up right now. We should it not should. be discussing this at all. We no. should be talking about whether the Bucks are going to get the three seed, two seed, or one seed. That's what we're going to. That's what we should be talking about right now. Not whether they're going to have to be able to hold on to the division or not. Checking in on the live chat, Brian Shaw makes some really good points. He says the problem is the Bucks don't have the offensive line anymore to run the offense they did the last two years. If you want to throw down the field, you need a high level offensive line in the NFL, and they can't run the ball either, so they are screwed either way. Um. Let's talk about this Buccaneers offensive line coming into this game against New Orleans as we kind of shift focus to the game preview here. You know, we started the show and said that if the Bucs want to win this week convincingly, they're going to have to anchor on to the offense because of the injuries in that defensive backfield. I don't know if this is going to be the best week for that. And when you're already missing an all-pro right tackle and the rest of your offensive line, um, I think it even more cements the belief that this may not be the week for that because Cam Jordan and the rest of that Saints defensive line, they are going to be hungry. Yeah, yeah, they won't pay back, um, especially, you know, at the the fight and everything that happened week two. A lot of bad blood there already. So I would expect that defense to, to come out fire and it's up to the Bucks to respond. You know, they got to be able to protect Brady. I think that's the biggest thing, especially with Worf's out. We saw what that looked like in the playoffs last year with Worf's mm. out. And I think they have to do a better job of protecting him or else they're going to have no shot in this game. So if you can come up with different ways to protect them, I think you can get some creative ways to get some of your guys to football and hopefully put some points up on the board. James, what do you think is the biggest thing for this offense to have success here? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you got to look at that offensive line. You know, I don't know who is going to be tabbed to be that replacement right tackle. I think it's Josh Wells. Yeah, I would expect that. So, the you know, that's going to be uh, interesting. You know, I imagine Cameron Jordan's going to be probably – I can't remember who Cameron Jordan I'm sure, typically I'm goes sure he'll be he'll be looking at Josh Wells. And he's right. had success against both guys. But. So so maybe you get a guy like Coquif to help him out in terms of blocking Kate Otten as well. Like, that's, that's really what they're going to have to do um, in this game to help, you know, with the loss of – a guy like Tristan Wirfs. Um, I think that the interior lines played. Yeah. Here, here's the thing really quick. And I just saw, I saw a thing from, sorry, James, didn't mean to cut you off, but I saw a thing from, from Willie here in the chat and he said, knew it'd be ugly without Jensen city. Didn't think things would look this bad. Here's the thing. I don't think the offensive line has been that bad. Like the offensive line ha- has improved over the last, I'd say five or six weeks. And statistically, I know people don't want to give credit because Brady gets the ball out quickly, but statistically, they're still one of the better graded units in the league up until yeah, this season. Like, up until this point in the season, I I don't like I, the offensive line. Has it been great? No, but like I don't think it's they don't have five turnstiles out there. Like you know, I I don't think it's been as bad as people want want to say. I, I think that's just people wanting to. Uh, having a narrative at the beginning of the season and wanting to stick with that narrative no matter what happens. So uh, the Bucks issues, the, the issue isn't offensive line is an issue, but I think their issues go beyond that offensive line. Need again, yeah. sorry, sorry to cut you off, James, but 
No, I'll, just, okay. I'll add this in as well. I don't think the offensive line is the biggest issue with the offense so far this season. Go ahead, James. I just had to kind of, you know. No, 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 it's fine. So so I, I thought you were going to do one of those deals where one of you cuts me off again. Yeah, so, again. Any, <clears throat> so, no. So well, anyways, that, now that we say. <laughs> to that point, I I think that Mason, Hainsey, and now Nick Leverett, now that he's been playing, he should have been playing all season. But you know what? That's fine. Whatever. Uh, you know, I've already vented my frustrations on that. Like, I feel like those guys have been playing well. Werfs was playing obviously great until he got hurt. And Smith has done okay throughout the he's, year. He obviously had a he's terrible, having a rough year. He had a terrible game against Cleveland. Yeah, uh, and he started off the year well. This has been his worst year in a little bit. He hasn't been awful, but the past two years, he was much, much better. Right. So I do agree, though, with that idea of... You know, the offensive line hasn't been as bad as people make it out to be. They haven't been, you know, great, but they haven't been one of the worst offensive lines in the league. But with that being said, still with Werfs being out, yeah, this offensive line is going to be one to look at. You know, how is Donovan Smith going to rebound from having a really bad game versus the Cleveland Browns? How is Josh Wells going to do against Cam (laughs) Jordan? Oh, fun. That's going to be tough. I think that the interior offensive line should, and I get that the Saints have just a really good front seven. The interior offensive line I'm not as worried about, but I'm specifically looking at those tackle matchups because Donovan Smith just does seem to struggle against New Orleans in certain situations as well. Um, And he's coming off of a really bad game, and now you don't have Tristan Wirfs, and you have Josh Wells, and hopefully they give Josh Wells some support because we've had some really weird situations with, you know, Byron off, which is OC where he has guys just going up one-on-one without support and it gets weird and things go really bad in some situations. Really hope that doesn't happen in this game because the Bucks need to have good blocking to have a chance on offense. Like what you guys were talking about earlier. And, and, and you know, but before we do our predictions and everything, I wanted to point out something that Brian Shaw said in the chat. He said, Brady has never looked comfortable all season. I think the O-line is bad. Brady plays like he has little confidence in the O-line. I think that's an, another problem with his offense, but I think that's a Brady issue. There was, there's was been a few times where Brady has let the ball go entirely too early. He hasn't let things develop. The one time, the one game that he started to let things develop was Seattle, and we all saw how the offense played there. Other than that, sometimes he's just getting the ball out too quick. Like, you know, like watch the tape, man. Like you're not under duress constantly. Like the offensive line was blocked fine. Sometimes Brady gets the ball out too quick. It's he's giving up on the plays. He's not letting him develop too quick because, yeah, and he, he probably doesn't have much confidence in the offensive line. But I, I think that um, he that's an issue that he's had this year uh, is not letting the routes down the field develop more uh, and open things up for this offense a little bit. I think that's been an issue and part of it yeah he probably doesn't have much confidence in an offensive line like i said but that's something you gotta work on like you just you gotta see man okay on on this play here like oh, i had time like mm-hmm. i gotta start you know i gotta start trusting these guys more like you gotta let something else develop not throw the check down for two yards so uh, i think that's a brady issue as well yeah. as well as an offensive line but a brady issue as well and our buddy amazement 717 in the chat kind of echoed what i was gonna say as well the offensive line hasn't been the main problem. It's been horrible throws, dropped balls, timing issues, play calls at certain times in the game. Like, it's all situational, obviously. But Mike Evans drop against Carolina. Like, that's not on the offensive line. You know, Brady had time to reel, reel back and throw it. That's a, that's a touchdown if it's caught. And unfortunately, Mike Evans just hasn't been the same since. But that's not on the offensive line. You know, bad play calling from Byron Leftwich in a situation where the Bucks need five yards and they can't get one. 
that's well, maybe it is on the offensive line, but um, you know, there's a lot of things wrong with this offense and it's hard to, to pinpoint one thing outweighing all the others because the fact of the matter is they've just been bad and uh, that's on everybody. That's on the coaches. That's on the players, the execution, whatever you want to call it. You can single guys out if you want to, but this team has been bad and that's what's most important. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Belcher in chat says play calling has been predictable all season. No changes or adjustments. Bucks offense had two weeks to prep for a three win team at the moment. And you come out and you do the same crap that you've always done. Nobody has confidence for this team right now. Brian Shaw says it's offensive line play calling receivers and Brady. It's everyone on the offense. Really? Everyone has underperformed without a few players like Werfs. And our buddy Matt Diaz says, I think he's also really feeling the hits more at age 45. Totally understandable. So a lot of takes about this offense, but I think the overall consensus here is that they have not been very good. So uh, I guess let's talk about what they need to do well in this game against New Orleans if they hope to win as we wrap this show up. We'll get some score predictions here in a minute, but on both sides of the ball. I know we talked about the uh, the depleted secondary for Tampa Bay, but you still got some playmakers, right? Devin White can still get after the quarterback. Levante David's still going to be tackling everybody in sight. That defensive line uh, would like to see some production from them. If you can get after Andy Dalton this week, that, that's one way to shut an offense down. So they're going to have to do that and then some. But what do you think? Like, what are the big things on your list, your checklist, if you will, uh, coming into this week 13 matchup on Monday Night Football? Yeah, so obviously, number one, I think is protect Brady. I talked about it a little bit, so I'm not going to – we just talked about the offensive line, so I'm not going to get too much into this one. But number one's protect Brady. Uh, number two, though, stay disciplined. Uh, mm-hmm. The Bucks have had real issues with the Saints particularly in staying disciplined, um, playing disciplined football. They sometimes let the emotions get the best of them. I know I reference the fight a lot. It's gonna There's going to be some tempers flaring in this game. So I think the Bucks have to – reel in their emotions and, and they have to you know let that go they have to focus on the game not you know not committing personal fouls not getting the stupid penalties because that's what hurts you that, that hurts you a lot more how them. many how many back-breaking penalties they get against cleveland i mean the donovan smith yeah. you know the hands yeah, of the there, face there's a lot of them yeah, yeah. so um yeah i mean I, I think that and then yeah i and i think that you have to get pressure. The one of the reasons that New Orleans was dominating Tampa the past few times is Tampa Bay's rush just couldn't get to whoever it was, whether it was Drew Brees, whether it was Taysom Hill. Uh, even, I mean, James Wednesday, they got to him more in the second half. The first half, they really didn't. Um, they, they need to get consistent pressure. And the Saints offensive line uh, is still pretty good. But, I mean, a- Andy Dalton's there. You know, he can, he can play well for spurts, but, you know, he's also – at this point in his career, kind of sort of like a journeyman. So I think, you know, you're really helping out your chances on defense if you can get consistent pressure here with four, not having to blitz, especially with a potential depleted secondary and not having to blitz and leave those corners and safeties on an island would really, really help. So I think those are probably the three things that if you're looking for in this game to be successful, I think you have to do all three of them. James, what are you going to add? I mean, honestly, there isn't much to add. It's it's weird because it's like it's the same conversation every time the Bucks play the Saints. You know, it's like, hey, don't get mad. Don't make mental mistakes. And, you know, just play clean, sound football. And, you know, the Bucks still struggle to show that in most instances whenever they play the Saints. So I know that it's going to sound like a broken record. But, yeah, there really isn't much for me to add. You know, you've got to play clean football. You can't let the emotions get the better of you. Got to compensate for those losses that you have along the offensive line. And, and 
you got to just be better on offense, man. I mean, if this turns into it, you know, again, like we've said it before, we'll say it again. You know, this Saints coaching staff, my gosh, they just seem to outcoach the Bucs at every turn on offense, you know, whenever they uh, – or Bucks offense versus Saints defense. I mean, that's got to change. How do you change it? I mean, at this point, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's up to the coaching staff to decide. But that's, that's some of the biggest things that have got to change, man. And it's going to keep on being the same answer until, you know, it happens. So – yeah, I think you're going to have to see some major changes in the offensive play calling from Byron Leftwich. He's going to have to call a good game like he's just going to have to. You know, I don't think they should abandon the run. Our buddy Brian Shaw in the chat been bringing up a lot of great points. And one of them is that if you try and get pass happy against New Orleans this week, I don't think it's going to go very well. And I, I tend to agree. Uh, Mike Evans, you know, he's usually covered pretty well. Uh, whenever the Bucks play the Saints, and I don't think that's going to change. I think he'll be dover, double, triple covered uh, covered for the entire game. So if he gets a few catches, they're going to be contested. They're going to be tough. He's not always going to be open. So look to your other guys to make some things happen. But I think something that's going to benefit Tampa Bay this week is if they want to get the pass game going, why the hell not show us a little bit more play action on first down? Have you seen Tom Brady's play action stats since becoming a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, even just this season in particular? He is like one of the best rated quarterbacks on play action. And, um, you know, I know Byron Leftwich and his old 1984 philosophy on the offense is that, you know, all oh, the run game has to work for play action to work. It's 2022. We know that's not the case. And I, I want to feel like deep down inside Byron knows that that's not the case, but we'll just have to see. But I would like to see a little more play action on first down. You know, I, I know we kind of put the narrative to bed that the Bucks always run the ball on first down. Because they do, but they are not the team in the NFL that's doing it the most. I think people seem to forget that part of the context as well. But like, you're going to have to mix it up somehow on offense. And I think that's one of the ways you can do it. Take advantage of, you know, a busted offensive line to the best of your ability. Put your guys in the best position to win. And I I think that's one of the ways they can do it. Um, Anything else before we do some score predictions? I got nothing. So nothing. All right, so I haven't even looked at the lines. I think the Bucs are favored, believe it or not. I mean, they have the better record, and they're at home. So, I mean, mean, last I checked, they were favored by four, last I checked. Yeah, and that's already a couple of points going the other way if you're playing at home. So, let's just say it like this. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I don't think either of these teams are going to crack 24 points. I don't ever pick against the Bucks on this podcast. It's so funny because you will pick against them in the season predictions, but mm-hmm. when it comes oh, to yeah. preview shows, yeah. you don't. No. Um, I think the Bucks lose this one, and I think it's a weird final score. I think it's like sixteen to ten, like just something annoying. You know what I mean? Like kind of nine to nothing, similar similar colors. I don't think the Bucks get zero points, but. I don't think they get very many, and and I do think they uh, I do think they fall to five and seven this week. Evan, what do you think? Yeah. So the good news is that I have the Bucks scoring a touchdown against the Saints in Raymond James Stadium. Let's go. So, progress, I, I guess you could say. Are are you are you going to follow up and tell me that that's the only points they're going to score in Raymond James Stadium on Monday night? Well, the bad news is that's the only touchdown they're going to score. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I I think New Orleans is going to win this one, twenty to thirteen. Um, I just, it, it, you know, if the Bucks had a completely healthy secondary, maybe the Saints score a little less. But right now, I'm like, mm, I don't know. So, um, I just think that 
there's just with New Orleans sweeping the Bucks in 2020 and 2021, I have a tough time believing that the Bucks are going to come back and just sweep New Orleans. Um, I, I just have a tough time. The Bucks have had so much trouble against I, the Saints. There's so much parity in the NFL that if any year is the year, you know it's going to be guess. this year. Oh, I know, I know. But uh, I just I have a tough time seeing it. So I think it's a close game. It's a it's a low-scoring game. But I think that the Saints take this one. And things start to become very, very desperate for the Bucks over the last five games here. You want to talk about a low-scoring game? Oh. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the score is going to be 12-9. to 9. Okay. Wow. Is that, is that score? You want to talk about odd score. Yeah, I mean, is that nothing but field goals? That's nothing but field goals, baby. No touchdown uh, safety combo. Nope, nope. Okay. I, I, uh, pr- bold prediction in my Bucks Nation article is that the Bucks weren't going to score a touchdown in this game, and that it was going to be a kickers and uh, defensive duel. Yeah, was, I'll still go with that. I'll say twelve to nine. But you know what? I'm going to go against you two here just for the funsies. I'll say the Bucks win. Ryan suck up, a, and suck up we trust. So, hey, uh, yeah. If there's anybody. Uh, on this team this year, who's going to get it done? It's been Ryan Second. Oh no, there goes the jinx. So I'll Stop. I'll give it. Oh, I'll, yeah, I know. So I'll give it to the Bucks here, but a very stupidly low scoring game. It would be a very frustrating game for sure. All right, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, I I wish we could get you amped up for this game, and you could listen to this and be like, "All right, let's go watch some football." But uh, you know, we we always try to keep it as realistic as we can here on the Can of Fire podcast. We've never tried to sugarcoat stuff for you guys, and uh, that's going to continue even with the ugly 2022 season playing out the way that it has. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this week's game preview episode of the Cannon Fire podcast live on YouTube. Thanks, to everybody, hanging out with us over here. We truly do appreciate you. Brian Shaw in the chat. Uh, Jan, Dark Angel, Tyler Belcher, Willie Beeman, the moderator holding it down. Our buddy Nestor was in here as well. Anybody else that I may have missed, we truly appreciate your support. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already for more great Tampa Bay Buccaneers content. Also, go find the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens Speaking of Bucks news, as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. What have you got in the hopper for us? Uh, yeah, the just like every week after the game, could be looking at just like James's bowl predictions. So James predicted no touchdowns. If the Bucks don't score a touchdown, I get to go in and review it and say James was right for once. You know, if they, I know how much do you s- hate doing that. I know it's it's gonna ugh, make my blood curl, um, but uh, yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll be having that uh, after the game sometime, probably more likely on Tuesday, probably than Monday night. But uh, yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Also, shout out to our good buddy James Hill from BucksNation.com. What are you working on? I know you made your staff picks, but uh, you have anything else in the hopper ready to go? Uh, I did an article about. Um, who would be the X factor for this game? Uh, I picked Ryan Suckup because, you know, we're at that point of this year. Mm. Um, so I did that. I have some videos coming out about Todd Bowles. Should he be on the hot seat? <laughs> Spoiler, it was a video that we just recorded while we did this podcast. Uh-oh. Um, so, <laughs> so doing that, uh, obviously going to be going live for the game tomorrow. I'm going to give you a copyright strike. I'll fight you. <laughs> uh, I don't, so 
I don't think I'm going to be going to the game, so I'll just be live. Uh, hopefully, every time I go live for Saints games, my gosh, it feels like a such a chore because those games can be so boring. Um, yeah. Because just gosh, well, that's but, how uh, I mean, that's how the week two game felt. You know, yeah. it was it was just a slog for seventy five percent of the game, and then it was boom, 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 Bucks win. Yeah, so I'm going to be going for the, live for the game tomorrow, and obviously I have a ton of content out here on YouTube. Um, also go check out Real to Real. Uh, myself and Evan, uh, we just uploaded a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special review, which was pretty cool. Um, and we also have a few more videos coming out throughout the week as well. So definitely go check that out. Definitely. With that being said, we will talk to you guys when lose or draw. I think Tuesday, because uh, I'm 90 percent sure I'm going to the game on Monday. So I'll be in Ray J not going to get out of there till you know, one, two o'clock in the morning. Um, so maybe Tuesday we will be live right here on YouTube, breaking down the game with you guys. Maybe we will be joined by former Bucks quarterback Sean King. Just got to wait and see on that one. But uh, thank you guys so much for checking out this week's show. We will talk to you after the game right here. YouTube.com forward slash Canafire podcast and any other podcast outlet you check us out on. I'm your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish and special guest, James Hill. We'll catch you in the next one until then. And as always, thanks for listening and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.